Hey everyone and welcome back to Wiki University. I am your professor Kyle Berseth and as always I'm joined by our number one student, the goddamn head of the class, Jason Nunez. Ichiban student, Ichiban student right here. Thank you guys for joining us once again and if it's your first time, welcome. And uh, please, a friendly reminder to always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. And as always, maybe just tell a friend. But please, first and foremost, welcome and enjoy because class is in session. Yeah, use WikiU as an excuse to get in contact with an old friend. Yeah, say hey. Have you heard of have you have you heard of this website, Wiki University? Wiki. <laughs> this website we don't have a website have you heard of this website this Wikipedia? is a podcast that we're recording jason i thought we were recording a website no <laughs> no oh what did You've i sign up sorely for? mistaken <laughs> we're like 75 episodes in i i thought this was a website we're turning websites. we're gonna turn it into a podcast what are all these GoDaddy uh fees i've been paying that's a pyramid scheme oh shit Anyway, if you are a first-time listener, on every episode, Jason and I connect two very different topics across Wikipedia. We'll be going on a little journey. Jason, what's your topic today? Topic today has to do a lot with what I deal with every day, which is my inner happiness. Have you heard of the, I believe it's called the hedonic treadmill? The I haven't heard of the hedonic treadmill. I believe it is... Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know exactly what you hear is, about, this? but I just know that it's like. I guess you would call it. it, it I guess it's an effect, or I'm you not 100 percent sure. You're what, all over the effects. I'm a big lately. special effects kind of guy. Okay. And this special effect, I like this effect because it's basically um, how your level of happiness kind of just stays. It levels out. Good things happen, but your level of happiness levels out after after a period of time. Same thing with like bad shit happens to you. Yeah, you know, you 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 you, you take them take them with a grain of salt. You strap on your your bootstraps. Oh, you you're get your all boots. about strapping uh, on. <laughs> sometimes you're taking it. Sometimes you're giving it. As long as keep the boots on. That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, for the <laughs> to get good uh, traction. Oh man, you're uh, on your treadmill <laughs> with your strap on. I don't want to know what's going on in your house. So uh, so yeah, so it's that. It's your your uh, ba- base level of happiness. How you always go back to that. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I used to have a cross country coach in high school that always kind of said, "Don't get too high with the highs, don't get too low with the lows. You just want to keep an even, steady pace." Oh, in terms of running? Well, just in terms of racing from one race to the next, you just just keep plugging away. You just keep plugging away, and don't get too excited, don't get too low. Just keep it steady you know i think that's a, a sage advice for both running and, and for life, life. I because agree. again the this the oldest story uh, uh the the tortoise beating the hare right slow yeah. and steady wins a race and similar to if you see the uh the hedonic treadmill graph i believe you know um your, the happiness goes straight whereas the you know the highs and lows go yeah. up and down and if you see if you measure those two the shortest one is the happiness, right? It's ah, like the you just okay. you know if kind of just that's you, you end with that meaning like that's the shortest distance to that point to happiness. That's it's just if you just stay that happiness. So if good things ha- happen to you, it's like try to l- level it out with uh, I guess uh, a sad thing. Trying to make something bad happen to you. <laughs> when good things happen to you, maybe you like hurt yourself. Yeah, and then when bad things happen <laughs> to you, you know, like I, I guess what could you do with bad things happen to you? Do you immediately try to make things better with what drugs? Uh, drugs, alcohol, there you go. promiscuous partners. You know, anything that takes the the dulls the pain Anything go toxic dulls baby go pain. toxic yeah go toxic yeah. if you're feeling sad go toxic <laughs> dig that hole deeper yeah <laughs> so anyways yeah that's how i stay happy i go that's toxic interesting because sometimes uh in the past white bones and i have gotten into arguments and she's a little more emotional than i am okay and she has asked me aren't you feeling anything right now i'm getting nothing from you and i'm just like I get asked that every day. Hey, I'm just trying to stay right in the middle, baby. I'm just taking the fastest point to us being happy again. Yeah, yeah. She's upset that I'm not upset. She's upset that you already streamlined everything, the anger, and you're you're you went straight to not upset anymore. 
I mean, I was never angry. I'm like, there's not much I can do about her yelling at me. Uh, let's just move past this. Out of your control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that my calm voice is bothering you. Sorry that I run a faster. I run faster on my on my hedonic, <laughs> my treadmill, hedonic treadmill than I do in a real treadmill. <laughs> I've got it tilted uphill too. Hey, you're a runner too. <laughs> exactly. So you know how to work it. All right. Well, my topic, Jason, is something that might be near and dear to you because I believe this used to be your nickname. Churro? Chur- Churro boy? boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, we still need to find That Churro is my nickname boy. and also is very near and dear to me. Churros. <laughs> no, my topic is death from laughter. Oh, death from laughter from dying from literal death. Yeah, I mean, I mean, laughing from death. Don't get. I mean, that's pretty good. You're you're on the hedonic treadmill. Don't get too high with the laughs either. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. Gotta yeah. bring it down a little bit if you're dying. <laughs> like that. Okay, so do you want to start at the hedonic treadmill or do you want to start with death from laughter? I think it could go either way, but I'd rather start from hedonic treadmill. This might be a tough one, but maybe not. I already have a route in my head of how to get really to death from laughter. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's read about death from laughter briefly before we start at the hedonic treadmill. Death from laughter is an extremely rare form of death. That's fucking rad, dude. That Imagine dying rad. from that. That's fucking punk as fuck. Usually resulting from either cardiac arrest or asphyxiation that has itself been caused by a fit of laughter. Yeah, I feel like asphyxiating myself when I laugh. I feel like my body's asphyxiating itself when I'm laughing. So really? Hard. So you're so close. You can't, bre- you can't breathe. Instances of death by laughter have been recorded from the times of ancient Greece to modern times. Often the phrase dying from laughter is used as mm. hyperbole. A Greek death is a funny death, I've heard. Mm. Okay, let's go to hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation, so it's not an effect, it's an adaptation. And a what? An adaptation? An adaptation. Oh, that the body takes. You adapt. Yeah, you adapt, okay. Is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes. According to this theory, as a person makes more money, expectations and desire rise in tandem, which results in no permanent gain in happiness. Philip Brickman and Donald T. Campbell coined the term in their essay Hedonic Relativism and Planning the Good Society. The hedonic treadmill viewpoint suggests that wealth does not increase the level of happiness. Subjective well-being might be largely determined by genetics, that is, Happiness may be a heritable trait. Have you heard the thing about like $80,000 a year is peak happiness in terms of income? Right, I have heard that. Yeah. Which is uh which is fine. I don't want to be just happy though. I want to be wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> like if I wanted I to be, be just able happy, to spread my happiness. I'm already just happy. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I'm pretty happy for the, for the most part all the time. So, uh, you know, crossed off that list okay now let's get wealthy baby that's when the <laughs> stocks what, come in see what happens Those index funds coming in, in a couple of years you know here's the major theoretical approaches hedonic treadmill is a term coined by brickman and campbell in their article hedonic relativism and planning the good society describing the tendency of people to keep a fairly stable baseline level of happiness despite external events and fluctuations in demographic circumstances. The idea of relative happiness has been around for decades when in 1978 Brickman and others began to approach hedonic pleasure within the framework of Helson's adaptation level theory, which holds that perception of stimulation is dependent upon comparison of former stimulations. The hedonic treadmill functions similarly to most adaptations that serve to protect and enhance perception. In the case of hedonics, the sensitization or desensitization to circumstances or environment can redirect motivation. This reorientation functions to protect against complacency, but also to accept unchangeable circumstances and redirect efforts towards more effective goals. 
I do love using the phrase, it is what it is. I hate that phrase. <laughs> well, that, that kind of feels like it goes with this. It is what it is. You know, outside stimuli come in, something bad happens, something good happens. That is what it is. But, okay, I get it. Yes, that's what that's explaining. But the people who say it is what it is, it's always after they did something. Oh. Like, they caused something. <laughs> that's fair. And then yeah. they say, oh, it is what it is. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you were is the what it. it is. Yeah, you were the <laughs> is, you idiot. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's definitely, that's definitely what people do all the time. It's like, they fuck up, and then they're like, their reason, their, their, their excuse, or not, it's not an excuse, and it's not an apology. They just say, oh, it is what it is. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Fair. But that definitely is more so like yes like what's gonna happen in your life i can't wait to screw something up in your direction it is what it is and use it is what it is well jason it is what it is you're gonna get me very fired (laughs) up when that happens that i can guarantee okay brickman and campbell originally implied that everyone returns to the same neutral set point after a significantly emotional life event In the literature review Beyond the Hedonic Treadmill, revising the adaptation theory of well-being, Diner, Lucas, and Scalon concluded that people are not hedonically neutral and that individuals have different set points which are at least partially uh, heritable. Where would you say on a scale of 1 to 10? What kind of scale do you think they're using? I'll say 1 to 10. Where's your set point, your base level? Of happy? Of happy, yeah. So what are you starting at? You know, you go up to a 10, you go down. Before my coffee or after my coffee? Always after coffee. Always after coffee. Honestly, I think I'm like an 8. You're operating at an 8. Yeah. Oh, me? Thanks for asking. (laughs) I'd say I'm operating around a 7. You already told me. You said... uh... No, I didn't. I said I'm even. Oh, uh, okay. But I think my baseline is about a seven. I feel like also... But I mo- go all the way up to eight and go all the way down to six. On any given day? On any day? Well, when I'm really sad, I'm down at a six. And when I'm really happy, I'm up to an eight. When in, See, in the morning, I try to force myself or just to remind myself that, like... I, I try to start off at, like, a nine. Okay. And then it simmers down later. Like work, really. What do you mean and you force yourself? I try to like I'm be happy, bitch. Well, I'm just be like happy. I'm just like happy. Slapping yourself I'm happy air. to start the day. Like I get excited for coffee, okay. and it's honestly it's been so easy to be happy here in L.A. too. Like especially during winter. Yeah, you walk Talk outside. About, yeah, <laughs> with your coffee. You walk over the homeless, and then you just you know the sun setting beautiful. I wake up in the sun setting. That's how. Wow. That's how lovely of a life <laughs> I'm living in L.A., baby. Okay, here are some of the studies. I'm just going to skip down. Yeah, yeah, hit skip the study. To a longer one here. After following over a thousand sets of twins for 10 years, Lycan and Telogen concluded that almost 50% of our happiness levels are determined by genetics. Hetty and Waring suggested that our position on the spectrum of the stable personality traits accounts for how we experience and perceive life events and indirectly contributes to our happiness levels. Research on happiness has spanned decades and crossed cultures in order to test the true limits of our hedonic set point. What if they use the same scale as doctors do for pain? Oh, I know you love that one. I love happy, that happy one. Happy face, sad face. And yeah, like red, <laughs> red, sad up to like extremely yellow happy. In large panel studies, divorce, death of a spouse, unemployment, disability, and similar events have been shown to change the long-term subjective well-being, even though some adaptation does occur and inborn factors affect this. Well, I mean, yeah, That's if you're going to compound something like the like in one month, you get fired. Your spouse dies. Yeah. And your house burns down. Well, even all those things separately can be. Can compound. Can come. Well, yeah. Or like. Can have a long term impact. Yeah. Yeah. The concept of the happiness set point can be applied in clinical psychology to help patients return to their hedonic set point when negative events happen. Determining when someone is mentally distant from their happiness set point 
and what events trigger those changes can be extremely helpful in treating conditions such as depression. When a change occurs, clinical psychologists work with patients to recover from the depressive spell and return to their hedonic set point more quickly. Because acts of kindness often promote long-term well-being, one treatment method is to provide patients with different altruistic activities that can help a person raise his or her hedonic set point. Helping people. Dude. What a concept. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, tell me about it. So the, so the other weekend, I'm, I'm looking for a car, right? Yeah. You know, I'm looking for a little nice used SUV or something like that. Okay. We went to go see a car, and it felt very sketchy. Like, when we asked for the VIN, like, we were, like, getting by the door to the VIN. She's, like, the lady got all sketchy. First off, she brings her dog. Who bring? We're trying to... You're trying to sell me the car. You're going to bring your dog Who in the car? Who brings a dog to a car fight? Right. To... <laughs> Real laugh. I mean, I, real laugh? I mean, I had my I had my car in a leash and all, but I don't understand why you would bring a real dog. Never bring a dog to a car fight. And so, already weird. Uh, and then Liz and I, or Lizard and I, start checking or ask her for the VIN number, and she starts like, for, like, what do you need the VIN number for? Like all this stuff, and I'm like, what, what? do you need the VIN You're number? I gotta check the car fax. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, you know what? I left it at home. I ha- I live right around the corner. Let me go get it. She like, I left it at yeah. home. It's sewn into the car. Oh, no, the Carfax the report <laughs> or whatever. She's like, oh, so you won't have to pay for it, blah, blah, And she like, and at this point, like, I I, I like already like lifted up the hood. She yeah. like turns on the car without like, I didn't even put the hood down yet. She's well, like, that's good. To, you got to check it out. She's trying to fucking, uh, she's trying to like leave, right? So, you know, I put the hood down real quick. She leaves, like doesn't come back, text me like 20 minutes later, like, Oh, uh, I couldn't find the title, and I couldn't find the stolen car. Probably okay. And that's what Liz, that's what Lizard thinks. Yeah, that's what that's the vibe I'm getting. And so then somebody tried to call me later, which sounded like the husband. It looked like because it was the same area, Orange County, Orange County area. Okay, too. a lot of bad hombres down there. I'll tell you that much. See, and um, uh, so so we're coming back off of that, and we and I find a different car, and so we're gonna go look at this car, right? But I'm thinking to myself, I'm just like, oh, like, fuck, dude. I mean, this this one thing didn't pan out. We're going to see this next car. Fingers crossed. Let me let me see if I can get some good vibes going right now, right? So we're, we're stuck in traffic, of course. It's L.A. And I let, I'm trying to let somebody in. Yeah. Right? I see, I see, I can already see it coming where this one person w- wants to turn into where I'm at, right? I knew this stu- was going to be a driving and we're, story. Yeah, and so we're stuck in, and so <laughs> we're stuck in, it in. And so we're stuck in traffic, right? And so this is perfect. I'm just like, yes, I'm going to be a nice person. This is going to give me some good vibes and then hopefully this car pans out, right? Yeah. Because that's how life works. So I see the car trying, wanting to sneak in and then the car in front of me decides to let them pass. So they like even back up a little bit when they could. It could have been. It would have been easier if they just went. Wait. Forward. Th- oh, they took your lead in. They took my lead in. They, t- they, they took, took your lead in. They took my lead in. <laughs> that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> that was my good luck. They took my luck. Oh. I was trying to be the and nice did it guy. Make you feel worse because you I didn't was, get it. Well, I was. A, I was. I. <laughs> I got a little bit of road rage. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But it was just like I got actually very bitter because I was really hoping to get that lead in. To get the good vibes going, so yeah, so that got me that got me angry when I was just like, "Hey, man, I was trying to get my my happiness level mm. back to." All right, so here is oh, there's been some criticism. One critical point made regarding humans' individual set point is to understand it may simply be a genetic tendency and not a completely determined criterion for happiness. And it can still be influenced. Who's saying that? Warren Buffett, <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, like a rich, you, like a rich person just being like, yeah, yeah, like a rich person's like, look, it's not, uh, it's, it's genetic. Yeah, it's genetic. It's why you're sad and you're poor. Genetic roots of the hedonic set point are also disputed. Sosis has argued the hedonic treadmill interpretation of twin studies depends on dubious assumptions. Pairs of identical twins raised apart aren't necessarily raised in substantially different environments. The similarities between twins, such as intelligence or beauty, may invoke similar reactions from the environment. Yeah, if you're a tall, hot twin, people are going to treat you like a tall, hot person, regardless of where you are. Regardless of how many of you there are. could be triplets. As long as you're hot, 
And tall. And tall. Okay, so let's move on. What are we trying to get to? Death from laughter. You already have a thought in place, a plan in place. Whoa, I see hedonism. I think we've been to that on the podcast. Have we? Well, I mean, happiness has to do, is there laughter anywhere in there? I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, you were saying smiles. We can just go to happiness, which I think we've also been to on the podcast, but we can revisit. I bet it's a big article. I bet it's a big article. I'm willing to bet comedy and or laughter is in there. These are mostly happiness-related links other than PTSD. Yeah, that's not happy. (laughs) No. That's the opposite. It's memory of not happy times. Depends what the- Can you have a traumatic happy Yeah, that's a a post- A happy post-traumatic- Like, you were so happy it was traumatic? I think trauma- because you had hysteria? I think trauma (laughs) is related to bad. Unless you're- Maybe- Right, right. Maybe if you're almost having- death from laughter but you get revived from the heart attack or asphyxiation then you might have ptsd if you go to like a comedy show or what if somebody like almost dies while riding a roller coaster like they were having fun Mm, but then it got scary right away but then they didn't die so that's good but you (laughs) still have fun but i think then they would associate roller coasters with almost dying and probably still have trauma <laughs> related to that. I want to find a good example as much as you did. But what if like overall they had fun on the ride? Like like 90% of the ride was super fun. The 10% where, you know, they almost fell out or they were stuck upside down for an hour, not so great. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Do you want to go to just happiness and look for laughter? Whoa, what's lifestyle creep? <laughs> Do you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Ah, lifestyle creep, also known as lifestyle inflation. So Instagram? Is a phenomenon that occurs when as more resources are spent towards standard of living, former luxuries become perceived necessities. And of course, they have a picture a of boat. a really nice boat. Worst decision Purchase. you can ever make. <laughs> Depends on what you like a boat. Next to a fucking hot tub? I mean, you're an idiot. Are you... <laughs> anything water-related? <laughs> anything water-related. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, I'm right God. with you. As someone that can't swim, I'm always like, do not introduce more water into my life. Well, that's where we differ, my friend. That's where there's a fork in the road. Because, you you know, my neighbor has a hot tub. Giddy up. But there's no way that I myself am getting a hot tub. Oh, here's the description of lifestyle creep. An individual's discretionary income could increase as a result of increased income or decreased costs, such as paying off a mortgage. As discretionary income increases, individuals are able to spend money on things that were previously unaffordable. Unaffordable Lifestyle creep occurs when spending increases at the same rate as income. It can be reflected in purchases such as expensive vehicles or a second home, spending money on things with ongoing maintenance costs such as club memberships also are determined uh, also are demonstrated in lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep tends to be insidious, so it can be difficult to realize it is occurring. This is why some experts have called it a silent inflation. Oh, that's bad if you already got inflation. You got silent inflation on top of that. Although it is difficult to perceive, it can be contagious as people compare their own lifestyle with others. Literally, literally Instagram has like exponentially increased increased lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It can also become a particular problem near the age of retirement where individuals tend to have the highest earning potential and decreased cost, such as not having the financial burden of raising children. When individuals retire and try to maintain a formerly lavish lifestyle, they can suffer financially. Furthermore, it is challenging to downgrade lifestyle. All I remember is that song, uh, Lifestyle Creep. Remember that? Oh, I th- I'm a weirdo. <laughs> you were going to sing Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. <laughs> Lifestyles of the Creep and the Famous. <laughs> I want to put this in my anus. Yeah, that's dangerous too. Anus creep? That's I, when you slowly <laughs> creep more big things into your anus until the, it can't close. Yeah, and that, believe me, is a whole different lifestyle. Oh, then you... (laughs) you Emphasis on whole. Make sure you save money for the surgery. (laughs) All right, Jason, so do you want to go to Phenomenon? Wait, we had a question about Phenomenon on a recent episode as to whether an effect is a phenomenon. Right. Oh, yes. Do you remember And we we concluded 
that it was a phenomenon. A phenomenon. Based on our studies. Yes. Should we go to phenomenon? Let's do it. Maybe death from laughter is a phenomenon. A phenomenon is an observable fact or event. The term came into its modern philosophical usage through Immanuel Kant, who contrasted it with the nomenon. Oh, with just nomenon. Menomenon. You remember that one? What is there, was that a commercial for? Used cars or some shit? It was like a Muppet song. Uh, so an... A, nomo- <laughs> a nomenon, the lesser known nomenon. Yeah, the lesser of the. So, nomenon is below phenomenon, right? Well, phenomenon. So, a nomenon cannot be directly observed. Kant was heavily influenced by some nerd in this part of his philosophy in which phenomenon and nomenon serve as interrelated technical terms. For, bre- for predating this, the ancient Greek. Pyrrhonist philosopher Sextus Empiricus. Greatest <laughs> Greek name ever, bro. That's it. Stamp it. It sounds like someone that's really good at sexting. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like a guy just got caught cheating and he's telling his girlfriend, This is just, oh, I'm just talking to my friend, <laughs> Sextus <laughs> Empiricus. <laughs> I'm the Sextus Empiricus. <laughs> Empiricus. Uh, also used phenomenon and nomenon as interrelated technical terms. Okay. In scientific usage, a phenomenon is any event that is observable, including the use of instrumentation to observe, record, or compile data. Especially in physics, the study of a phenomenon may be described as measurements related to matter, energy, or time, such as Isaac Newton's observations of the moon's orbit or of gravity, or Galileo's observations of the motion of a pendulum. Herd mentality. Mm, You want to go to herd mentality? It's just interesting. All right, let's go to herd mentality. I love me a herd, man. Herd mentality, mob mentality, or pack mentality describes how people can be influenced by their peers to adopt certain behaviors on a largely emotional rather than rational basis. That seems like life creep. Was it life creep? Lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep. When you see others and it's like the keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, very much so herd mentality. If you can't beat them, join join them. them. The idea of a group mind or mob behavior was First put forward by 19th century social psychologists uh, Gabriel Tarde and Gustave Le Bon. Heard behavior. Hey, I've been called Tarde as well. I know. You were Tarde today to class. You were like an hour Tarde. <laughs> I've been called I've been called pretty Tarde a lot. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, this might interest you, and I feel like we actually have talked about this a little bit on the pod. Driven by emotional reactions such as greed and fear, investors can be seen to join in frantic purchasing and sales of stocks, creating bubbles and crashes. That was the the tulip crash or the tulip yes of, trade that you came up with for a topic. The tu- um the tulip crash. Where did it happen? Is it Turkey? It wasn't the tulip crash, but it was the tulip something. I think it was in Holland or wherever they're known for tur- tulips in Europe. No, it was the tu- uh, yeah the tulip inflation. Yeah, tulip inflation was that it? What was it? it was, well, it was due to inflation, but yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the I believe it's called the tulip crash. Tulip mania. That's what tulip it was. Mania. Yep, yep. People went crazy for um, tulips, and then which drove up the prices, and it crashed, and it crashed. And that's that was, was a great example. They were oversupplied with of mob mentality or herd yes, mentality. Yes, which is you know I mean it's the lifeblood of stocks. Mm, I mean the yeah. reason why it goes up and down is emotions. We see that Russia might attack a, a country adjacent to Russia, and then suddenly we see you know people pulling out their money because you know yeah. they're afraid something's gonna happen so yeah no it's all it's all emotional stock market's perfect for me i'm up i'm down i don't care hell yeah okay i mean we're again kind of to the bottom oh boy i like this c also down at the bottom here list of most disliked 
YouTube videos. Weird. That's, I guess, related to mom mentality. Oh, interesting. Do you want to go to list of most disliked YouTube videos? Yeah, might as well try it out. Yeah, why not? Where are we aiming to go? I forgot. <laughs> Death from laughter. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, be- a lot of funny videos out there on YouTube's. Okay, the list of most disliked YouTube videos contains the top 50 videos with the most dislike of all time as derived from YouTube charts. The dislike count is taken directly from the page of the video itself. YouTube implemented a like and dislike button on video pages in 2010 as part of a major site redesign. The feature serves as a replacement for the previous five-star rating system which was found to be ineffective because of the rare selection of ratings from two to four stars. Of the fifth, oh, so people just go five star, one star. That's people, man. You yeah. either fucking hate it or love it. Underdogs on top. Okay, note that dislike count does not indicate the true unpopularity of videos, which is better represented by dislike percentage also provided in the table. For instance, Despacito, Baby Shark Dance, and Gangnam Style all appear on this list, but appear in the list of most like YouTube videos as well. I mean, first off, there's a market for everything, and also you can't please everybody. Abraham Lincoln said that. He did? You can't please all the people all the time. Right. Maybe Bob Dylan said this part. You can't please some of the people. You can please some of the people some of the time. Uh, I don't know. You can't, you can't please all, all the, the people, people all the some time. some of the time. Yeah, something like that. Half right. the people can be part right all of the time. And some of the people can be all right part of the time. But all the people can't be all right all of the time. I think Abraham Lincoln said that. I'll let you be in my dream if I can be in yours. I said that. Okay, so the number one disliked YouTube video. That's funny. It's like a recap on the 2018 (laughs) on the year 2018. YouTube Rewind. Everyone controls Rewind, and then Baby Shark Dance is number two. What's Sadak 2 trailer? What is Sadak 1? Probably a movie. It looks like a Fast and the Furious ripoff. It's a 2020 Indian-Hindi language action thriller road film. Wow, it has it all. It's, yeah, it's, it's, F, it's like F, yeah, it's F2. It's Sadak 2. It's their, it's right. their F6. Yes, they're going to have a Sadak 9 any day now, and the cars are going to be flying. That's what, you know, that's what I would do if I was uh, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Go to India? Go and just do, like, because he loves that franchise. Yeah. And really, that's his strength. That's what he's got. Right. Yeah. So I think he should just start d- rebooting that franchise in every other country. Oh, like a but Bollywood. It, but then he's in it, too, and it creates, like, this, it creates also what he wants, like, the, the like, multi-universe. Yeah. Multiverse. Yeah. But get this, he's going to, he's going to love this, because it's going to be all about him. It's right. gonna be like the Vin Diesel multi universe. So then you get a Sadak. Well, you get a Sadak and a Fast and the Furious mashup. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll see Dom. Uh, what is it? Toretto appear in Sadak three or whatever. Yeah, but Dom Toretto, that's valuable IP. Yeah, and he's selling it to every country, to every market. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I don't think you have a problem with this plan. I don't think Vin Diesel owns the IP get of it Don. On the phone. All right. Get, can we call Vin Diesel? Who's got his number? Okay, a lot of kids' songs are some of the sad, uh, the most disliked. I said saddest, but most disliked. Whoa, remember Friday by Rebecca Black? Yeah, she's a little cutie right now. Oh, your words, not mine. Whoa, what do you mean? She's well, like, I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny. Isn't she like twenty-eight years old? No, she's like forty-five. <laughs> Rebecca Black. That song came out so long ago. Okay, so I was hoping that there'd be something comedy related. Ooh. So I see PewDiePie here. Should we try to get to comedy? I know I see his topic is comedy. And his most hated video was, can this video get one million dislikes? That guy knows how to play the game. <laughs> yeah, Real nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So do you should you should he we... really did some Freudian shit right there? He, that was some real uh, yeah. what do you call them? Reverse psychology, reverse psychology type shit. Yeah, herd mentality. It's got it all. Yeah, it's got it all. Yeah. 
Do you want to try to get to comedy through PewDiePie? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to PewDiePie. It's the first time. What do you know about PewDiePie? Uh, internet dude, white, maybe maybe a little right or something. Or I guess people on the right side follow him. Not necessarily. Really? I didn't. Not necessarily that he is. I mean, I, I really yeah. don't give a fuck who people vote for. I know he's Swedish, but that's about all I got. Which is like extremely white. And that's why I feel like people. It's just easier for people to be like, oh, yeah, like that person who votes red likes him. Yeah. yeah this guy must be a fucking total piece of shit. Based on the name PewDiePie, I never li- I just don't like that name. Well, his real name is a little harder to pronounce. Felix, Felix Arvid? Arvid Ulf. Uh, there's a K next to a J. I mean, it really looks like. Probably J silent. Let's go with J silent. Uh, Gelberg. Yeah. No, I said J right. is silent. Oh, you think it's Kelberg? Yeah. Oh, wait. We can listen to the pronunciation. Let's do it. Felix Shelberg. It kind of sounds right. like Sh- a Shelber. Yeah, Shelber, yeah. Interesting. So his real name is Felix Arvid Ulf Schellberg. Born in 1989, known online as PewDiePie, is a Swedish YouTuber known for his Let's Play videos and comedic formatted videos and shows. Shelberg's popularity on YouTube and extensive media coverage have made him one of the most noted online personalities and content creators. He has been portrayed in the media as a figurehead for YouTube and as being almost synonymous with YouTube gaming. In 2016, Time Magazine named him one of the world's 100 most influential people. Oh, here's genre, comedy. I am curious, can we look at his early years first? Sure, his early work? Yeah, yeah. where'd he come Were from? Were you a fan of his early work? No, I was all in on Rebecca Black. You know, and it's and it's funny, you know, it's funny how public's perception of white girls it's like when they're dead oh my god oh the fucking tears the 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 pete the amount of police force the fbi gets involved wait when they're dead oh when when they're they're dead dead. yeah 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 the manpower that goes into a white girl but yeah but when they but when they fuck up or there's some sort of like you know or you see some sort of uh uh spoiled side of them or whatever you know they do some wrong publicly like fucking burn them to the stake. Like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. And, and they get that like white woman energy that's gets yeah. thrown around or yeah. white woman blank. Yes. Yeah. No matter what, it get, it goes to like, oh, she's she comes from a, a place of privilege right away. Right. And she was probably probably using her her whiteness and also like her being a female to get one over on whatever. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting like, that white men that doesn't get thrown out. Like white White man privilege, or I guess white man yeah, privilege, say, but I mean? white, uh, like white woman energy that has a uh, something associated with it. But there's not like white man energy because we deserve it. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the joke. That was good. <laughs> I liked it. I liked that you were holding my hand and I almost tripped, <laughs> but you held my hand. Oh. I see. Well, look at this. Well, what? Early years, Shelberg originally registered a YouTube account under his under the name PewDie in December 2006. He explained that Pew represents the sound of lasers and die refers to dying. We could get to dying. Death by laughter. Okay. I mean, I mean that's one a, way to die, right? If it's it, one way. I if do it goes think, to lists of dying. Yeah, we could get to a list. Uh, let's find out more about PewDiePie here, though. Yeah, let's get deeper into this guy. After initially forgetting the password to his account, he registered the PewDiePie YouTube channel on April 29th, 2010. Following his exit from Chalmers, his parents refused to financially support him. I wonder what Chalmers is. Must be like a university or something. Sounds like like a private... So he funded his early videos by working as a harbor captain, selling prints of his Photoshop art and working at a hot dog stand. Shelberg stated that the ability to make videos was more important to him than a prestigious career. Five years later, Shelberg recalled, quote-unquote, I knew people were big at other types of videos, but there was no one big in gaming, and I didn't know you could make money out of it. It was never like a career that I could... Boy, he really is bad at talking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you wrote the article. 
<laughs> it was never like a career that I could just quit college to pursue. It was something I loved to do. In his early years as a YouTube creator, Shelberg focused on video game commentaries, most notably of horror and action video games. So he got started with video games. Would you rather go to comedy or dying? Dying. You think so? Yeah, I'm fucking tired of comedy. All right, I think it might be in here. Death is the permanent, irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain an organism. Brain death is sometimes used as a legal definition of death. The remains of a former organism normally begin to decompose shortly after death. Death is an, an inevitable universal process that eventually occurs in all organisms. Where are my necrophiliacs at? Over here. <laughs> That's not necrophiliacs, not zombies. I'm it's down not... in a grave, oh. fucking. Did we accidentally bury you while you were fucking a grave? No, it's just a deep hole. Uh, we should start making those bells again. Yeah, in, in the case death some, bells? Yeah, in case somebody gets stuck there uh, fucking a corpse. Yeah, gets exactly. Ac- gets accidentally buried. It, it says, I'm finished. <laughs> the unfinished bell. I'm glad you brought it up. Death, particularly of humans, has commonly been considered a sad or unpleasant occasion due to the affection for the deceased and the termination of social and familial bonds. Other concerns include fear of death or anxiety from the thought of death, necrophobia. Wait, what's necrophobia? That's just fear of death? Yeah. Okay. Or dead right. bodies and stuff, funerals, right? What's Funeral the homes? fear of getting fucked after after you die, what's oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What did know. you? What's having sex with a corpse? What did you say that was? Ne- uh, necrophilia. Necrophilia. Necrophobia. So I have necrophilia phobia. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good fear to have. I think so. I'm, that's safe. I'm gonna get a coffin with a lock, or just cremate. <laughs> yeah, just cremate. I don't want someone to have sex with my ashes. Just cremate the bot. You know, um, below the waist. And then <laughs> all the holes and then cremate my mouth. Yeah. You think someone can't bang a pit like a torso? You mean? Well, no. Like, oh, a pit, yeah, like a, an like armpit. A... You got to cut my arms off. Do a Mel Gibson and Braveheart to me. Cut my legs. Quarter me. Yeah. Just put me into a little stump. Just burn my ashes and put me into a lotion. Uh, you know, has death been uh, portrayed as sexy? Because oh, usually death is like I'm this sure. very like evil you know it's usually like a man but has death ever been like Ooh. oh on halloween i'm sure <laughs> the grim reaper you mean death that's what you mean by death yeah 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 i i am positive death has been portrayed as sexy we could go to death but i don't want to get no, 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 we're, we're here still yeah, we're the still. leading cause of human death in developing countries is death by laughter wow <laughs> oh, they're listening to our podcast yeah Oh, look. See also list of causes of death by rate. Oh, so I bet death by laughter. Low rate, but it's in there. there. Yeah. Picture of a kid smoking. (laughs) American children smoking in 1910. Tobacco smoking. That's after walking like 10 miles to deliver newspaper to. Tobacco smoking caused an estimated 100 million deaths in the 20th century. Oh, Jason, I also see cardiac arrest, which is often associated, or death by laughter is associated with cardiac arrest, not vice versa. I don't know that it's a great idea to work backwards on that, Right, but I see where your head's at. Thank you. Well, the leading cause of death in developing countries is infectious disease. Well, the leading cause of death, please stand up, please stand up. May I have your attention, please? It's infectious disease. <laughs> the leading causes in developed countries are heart disease and stroke, cancer, and other diseases related to obesity and aging. By an extremely wide margin, the largest unifying cause of death in the developed world is biological aging, leading to various complications known as aging-associated diseases. Bio-age? I would hate to die from bio-age. That's just aging. Uh, stop saying it. You're going to curse me. That's just aging. No. I'm sorry, Jason. You're going to die. You're going to die first. Maybe. I'm a little older than you. And as you should. 
Let's see. Now, Should... I see what you mean about going to that list, yeah. but I fear, my only fear, mm-hmm. my only fear is that... Death? No, no, I'm cool with that. My only fear uh-huh. is that we go to that list and it's going to be cardiac arrest is going to be on that list, not specifically laughter, because laughter is not the cause. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the, the I believe laughter is the cause of the cardiac arrest yes but then the death is or the cardiac arrest is the cause of the death all right well we can hang out in this article can we hang out with a wang out for a little longer okay if you're dead your wang's out eventually oh uh, yeah your wang's out and also you just pooped yourself well death wise uh, death wise you just have to oh i know yeah. you have to sometimes Dude. without death you poop yourself when I'm on my deathbed, yeah. I'm going to be taking, what's the thing that clogs you up? Constipation til- pills? Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah. So uh, what are they called? Uh, with, um, to make you stop diarrhea, We'll right? say constipation Pepto- pills. <laughs> the ones that cause constipation, not cure constipation. So That's what I'll say to the doctor. Oh, yeah. No, they gave me the wrong chart. <laughs> to be clear... I am not constipated. I want the ones that block me up. So Bo- that way I can have a giant explosion upon death. I can go out uh, with an eruption. Okay. Without interruption. With an eruption. Right, but without interruption. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Somebody's going to be interrupted by my giant poop. <laughs> okay. I'm curious about cryonics here. Cryonics is the low temperature preservation of animals and humans who cannot be sustained by contemporary medicine with the hope that healing and oh, resuscitation yeah. may be possible in the future. I think Ted Williams has his head frozen somewhere. To get, that's like, yeah, chronologically frozen, right? Boy, believe it or not, death is a incredibly long article. I don't know. Why did we go away from comedy? We should go back to comedy. Comedy, <laughs> laughter. You it's wanted in the to name. go to this. All right, Jason. You want to go back to comedy? Yeah, we gotta. We can find some uh, laughter in comedy. All right, we're gonna go back to PewDiePie very briefly and go to comedy. His genre. Comedy is a genre of fiction that consists. God, seeing this big of an article on comedy makes me want to take out my eyes. <laughs> Why? Because it's just like <laughs> I don't know. Just reading like we, about comedy? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, Wikipedia, you're going to deconstruct comedy right now. <laughs> they are. I mean, I see screwball comedy, black comedy, scatological humor. That's right up your alley. Sexual humor and Sky race humor? humor. You mean like toilet humor? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like, uh, you know, give me the constipation pills, Doc. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug up your butt. I think we've done all these types of comedy in this episode. Yeah, we're well-versed. I I feel like we should just look for... Deaths? Death by laughter, right? Events and awards. Go down. Film. Was there a movie called Death by Laughter? Uh, no, but there's a movie... You don't You don't know about this? Do you know of the movie that apparently was, quote-unquote, so funny that somebody died... While watching it in the movie. Oh, theater. right. Do you remember that? Somebody, Benson, died. The right. guy was yes. Benson. Yes, correct. I don't know what the movie is, though. The movie was Fish Called Wanda. No way. Yes way. Who's in that? Greg Kinnear? No. Uh, different with a with a K. Klein. Klein. Okay. Klein. And and the uh, lady from True Lies? Was she in that? Yes. Yeah, the lady okay, from True Lies. Okay, now we're cooking. This piece of shit. Fucking... Uh, I'm blanking her name, too. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you don't like Jamie Lee Curtis? I love her. I'm saying oh. you're the piece of shit for not remembering her name. Well, you didn't remember it either. <laughs> yeah, but still, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're you're the one that brought her shit. up. That was the, the, the um, what do you call it? urban legend yes. that this guy named Benson, whatever, uh, died, died while laughing. And, because s- the mo- and then I saw the movie, and it's, it's good. It's good. But Death by it- Laughter good? It's not death by laughter good. It's funny. Okay. But I'm just like, I'm trying to, because when I hear that, I'm like, okay, let me watch this movie and I want to pinpoint where he fucking died. I want to feel, I want to feel, like, it I made me chase, it made me ch- chase death in that way where I'm just like, let me see how close I can come to it where I'm just like laughing until I'm close to Ed, to, where I'm close to, uh, to death. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go on this ride. And then I just ended up like enjoying the movie. <laughs> but it but it wasn't like you know I don't know like I like Dumb and Dumber more but 
That's just that's just me and my humor. Let's go to comedy film then here, and maybe we can go to. I think Fish Called Wanda might have won an Oscar. No, but it's a no. It's a very known movie, and it's For a very sure. known comedy film, and it has. I'm willing to bet you it has that. I urban... said it might have won an Oscar, and you said no. <laughs> I think it might have. No. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to go to comedy film then? Yeah. All right, we are on comedy film. We didn't even say what comedy was, but I, I think everyone knows. Whoa, do you know what kind of was it romantic comedy? Cause no, it's definitely uh no, it was definitely more black comedy. Black comedy. It was in the eighties, right? No, nineties. Fish called Wanda? I think it was in the eighties. No, you're totally wrong. Comedy compared with other film genres puts puts much more focus on individual stars, with many former stand up comics transitioning to the film industry due to their popularity, while many comic films are lighthearted stories. With no intent other than to amuse, others contain political or social commentary, such as The King of Comedy and Wag the Dog. Oh, Wag the Dog. Uh, is that Tom Hanks's? Wag the Dog, I believe, was Dustin Hoffman. Okay, but uh, I have, I do have to say, though, uh, King of Comedy, fucking awesome movie. That's Robert De Niro, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, that was like the Joker before the Joker. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Gross-out films are a relatively recent development and rely heavily on vulgar, sexual, or quote-unquote toilet humor. They often contain a healthy dose of profanity. Examples include Porky's, Dumb and Dumber, There's Something About Mary, and American Pie. See, I I was thinking more like Jackass. Like, that to me is like... Gross-out? Well, I mean, it's just... I'd say it's a mashup between gross-out and slapstick, kind of. Okay. I feel like we could find Fish Called Wanda here. Definitely comedy. I know that. Definitely not uh, toilet humor. What was the plot? Oh, look, straight comedy. There you go. Did you ask me what is the story about? Yeah, what's the plot line? Honestly, I thought it was about a fish. I don't think there even is a fish at one point. I mean, I think there might be, yeah. Okay, well, that sounds like a non-plot then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's like a, a heist gone wrong, like a small jewelry type heist. And then like, you know, okay. diamonds are left with this one person. This one person has it and like they got to get it somehow or, or, you know, somebody's holding oh, it. Oh, so that sounds like it could be situational, but also action comedy. No, definitely not. A, not no, action. I had a very fun. Try situational comedy. Oh, AFI's 100 years. You think it's on? I bet of it's the on there. One, yeah, I bet it's on here. I All bet right, it's on I'm there. going to AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs. Part of the yeah. AFI oh, yeah. 100 yeah. Years series. It's definitely going to be in there. Is a list of the top 100 funniest movies in American cinema. Oh, killed somebody? It definitely has to be in the top 100. <laughs> a wide variety of comedies totaling 500 films were nominated for the distinction. Genres include slapstick action, blah, blah, blah. Let's just find Fish Called Wanda. Number one, Some Like It Hot. Number two, Tootsie. Number four, Annie Hall. Come on. Give me some Wanda. Fish called Wanda, number 21. Hey, there's a fish on the poster. Out of 100, not bad. Now let's find out this plot. (laughs) Fish called Wanda is a 1988. God damn it. Heist comedy film directed by Charles Creighton. Heist comedy. There you go. (laughs) That wasn't a subcategory. This is like a sub-sub. Uh, and written by Creighton and John Cleese. I didn't know John Cleese wrote it. Oh, he was in it too, yeah. It stars Cleese, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, and Michael Palin. Okay, should we go to death? I think so. We gotta go to the death. During the initial run of the film, a Danish audiologist named Ole Benson died while laughing during a screening, which led newspapers to report that he had died from laughter. The official cause of death was heart fibrillation, which may have been caused by an increased heart rate due to extended laughter. Cleese considered using the event for publicity, but ultimately decided it was in bad taste. No. <laughs> no, use it. All right, let's go to death from laughter. Death from laughter. This is not the route I was expecting. Nice pull, Jason. This is, this is the route I had from the beginning. You didn't say anything. No, I didn't want to spoil it. Uh, Okay, death from laughter is an extremely rare form of death. Cardiac arrest, blah, blah, blah. Instances of death 
by laughter have been recorded from the times of ancient Greece to modern times. Often the phrase dying from laughter is used as hyperbole. Let's just go down to some notable cases. I'm surprised it's not here. I'm like, I'm surprised you didn't see it somewhere there in the beginning when we spoke about it. Meaning the oh, fish, fish called, called Wanda. Wanda. Yeah. Well, that's probably notable cases. Perhaps. Notable cases. Zeusis, the 5th century B.C. Greek painter, is said to have died laughing at the humorous way in which he painted the goddess Aphrodite after the old woman who commissioned it insisted on modeling for the portrait. I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, He's painting it, and it's so funny to him. Yeah. That he died. That's great. I mean, do you think that's true, or do you think the lady who was um, the model? Yeah. Like, she thought he was laughing at her, so he fucking, she started murdering him. She offed him? Yeah. Either way, I love it. And not the good kind of off. I mean, you could say that's still death from laughter. It caused him Uh, to be murdered. One ancient account of death from laughter is the death of Chrysippus, also known as the man who died from laughing at his own joke. The 3rd century BC Greek Stoic philosopher tells that he died of laughter after he saw a donkey eating his figs. He told a slave to give the donkey neat wine to wash them down, and then, quote-unquote, having laughed too much, he died. I don't think that's worth it. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't, uh, hold up. Joke doesn't hold up, bro. Not at all. In 1410, King Martin of Argonon died from a combination of indigestion and uncontrollable laughter triggered by a joke told by his favorite court jester. He killed! That's what I mean. The court jester, he killed. He said he killed? Well, no. He told a joke and the guy died, so he Uh. killed. (laughs) Death from laughter. Um... Let's go to uh, 1920 here, 56-year-old Arthur Cobcroft, a dog trainer from Loftus Street in Australia, was reading a five-year-old newspaper and was amused at the prices for some commodities in 1915 as compared to 1920. He made a remark to his wife regarding this and burst into laughter, and in midst of it, he collapsed and died. A doctor named Nixon was called in and stated that the death was due to heart failure brought by excessive laughter. Okay, he should not have laughed that hard at stock changes. At price changes? Yeah. At inflation? Nothing's funny about inflation. (laughs) Nothing, no. It's not funny at all. (laughs) So he deserved to die. It's a travesty. On March 24, 1975, Alex Mitchell from Kings Lynn, England, died laughing while watching the Kung Fu Capers episode of The Ooh, Goodies. Sounds racist. <laughs> sounds. Yeah. Ra- I feel like a UK. I feel like a UK episode called Kung Fu Capers does not have legitimate Asian people in it. You know what I mean? I have a you funny I mean? feeling. That's why he was laughing. In 75 to 1975. Well, it featured a kilt-clad Scotsman with his bagpipes battling a master of the Lancastrian martial art something who was armed with a black pudding. After 25 minutes of continuous laughter, Mitchell then slumped on the sofa and died from heart failure. His widow later sent the goodies a letter thanking them for making Mitchell's final moment of life so pleasant. Diagnosis of his granddaughter in 2012 of having the inheritable long QT syndrome, which is a heart issue, suggests that Mitchell may have died of cardiac arrest caused by the same condition. And then there's also Ole Benson, who died in 1989. And that is Death by Laughter. Hey, I wouldn't mind going out in a movie theater. Oh, laughing too. But also like watching a movie, watching a good movie, a funny movie. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see the end. I guess death is the ultimate closure, isn't it? Right, and that's funny. All right. Well, we did it. We got from... I told you. What was yours? The hedonic treadmill Mm -hmm. to death from laughter. You told us. Guys, come back soon. To Wiki University. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 